I'm going to just shift this out of the way. You've got to love God's sense of humour, haven't you? I'm, I'm not saying we, we need to laugh at God, but I'm saying that we need to love God's sense of humour because before I decided to do the shave for a cure, before the, the preaching roster was was um, set out and before probably the dawn of time. God knew tonight that I would be up here speaking in the B series on Be Distinct. <laughs> it's it's pretty, pretty quirky, isn't it? All right, let's pray. Lord, as we open your word tonight, I just pray that you would speak in and through me, that you would teach each one of us here uh, what you have to say through this passage. Lord, again, I ask that you would speak through me. In your name, amen. Um, hey, Clint, would you give me a hand with something? I want you to tell me what this is. H- hang on. Before you start, I want you to tell me what this is without using the word salt. A red container with fine particles a red container with fine particles in it. But what's in this red container with fine particles in it? Something you put on chips. <laughs> Something you put on chips, right, eh? Okay, you can use the word sodium chloride for me. Sodium chloride, okay. Okay, all right. Thanks, Clint. You can sit down. This is salt, isn't it? It's, it's distinct. It's something that is, is very distinct. And um, I've done that page. We've we've just talked about um, we've just looked at the passage in Mark and Matthew. Goodness me, passage in Matthew tonight about salt and light, haven't we? Salt salt's used for a, a wide variety of things. It's used for flavouring food. It's used for um, making energy drinks. If you look on, on most ingredients or most um, lists of ingredients, it'll have sodium chloride or salt or something like that in it. So it's used for a wide range of things. And in, in Jesus' day, salt was used to not only flavour food, not only um, add flavour to the food, but it would stop the food or slow down the, the, the breaking down process. And salt is the kind of thing that automatically blends into a food. It's, it's not something that's, that's no, notice, noticeably in the food except for the flavour. It's, it's not like oats that you add to a biscuit and, and you can see, see the, the oats in the biscuit. It's something that permeates through the food, isn't it? And so I'm going to sort of explain a little bit of this metaphorical sort of speaking, the way that Jesus speaks here tonight. He's speaking to a, a, lad, a large, large crowd um, with his disciples as well. It's at the sermon, beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, and it's a, it's a, um, a really formative passage for the rest of the sermon. And Jesus explains that this is how you are to be. You are to be salt and light in the earth, in the world. Salt was something that was, was very pure. 
Not necessarily. I'm losing my spot in this first bit. See, I told you this would be the bit where it would be hard. <laughs> the, the way that Jesus speaks is that he was explaining that the disciples needed to be salt of the earth and they needed to be pure. They needed to be holy in their conduct. They needed to be salt of the earth. Salt of the earth, but he says, if salt loses its saltiness, what good is it um, for, for them to be salty? What good is it? What good is it for, except for being trampled under the, under the feet of men? It was also, Jesus is also saying that, um, that the, the disciples needed to be some sort of a, a preservative to the, to the earth as well. Like I explained, salt is a preservative to food. And so the disciples are kind of needing to be a, a preservative to the earth, to the world. Um, what I mean by that, a preservative, as, as in not necessarily saving the world, but giving the, the life-saving message of Jesus through their ministry down the track. The way that I lean to understand this passage is, is a combination of these things, that, that the disciples were to be pure in their conduct, holy in their conduct, but also as a preservative, to be distinct in their, in their conduct and distinct in the message that they had to, um, to save the earth. Salt's not effective if it's not pure. Salt's not effective in flavouring food and preserving food if it's not pure or holy. And it's the same for us as well. It's the same for us as disciples of Christ that if our conduct and our godliness or our lives aren't pure, then we can't be effective in reaching the, the earth reaching the, the people of the earth uh, with the message of Jesus. If, if we allow our message or, or Jesus' message to be watered down in a way that, um, that it loses its effectiveness, it's not going to be as salty as pure salt. <laughs> I'm being too metaphorical tonight. If we allow the world to influence our thinking um, or influence our conduct, our holiness, more than we allow God to influence our holiness, then we're going to lose our saltiness. Does that make sense? We're going to lose our effectiveness in the way that, that we will reach the earth with, with a, a message of Jesus saves and no one else. Salt can also, as I've already said, it can lose its saltiness by being watered down, can't it? If you have a container of salt and you add water to it, it'll be salty water, but that salt is less effective. And in the same way, if we allow our, our faith to be watered down by different things in 
that that enter in through the world, then um, we are less effective in our in our faith. Not only less effective in sharing our faith, but less effective in our relationship with God and our conduct within the world as well. It's sometimes easy to compromise on, on things that we know God lays out black and white. It's easy to compromise and sort of get into those grey areas where where we think, oh, things like, it's okay for for me to do that do that little sin and, and then I'll ask for forgiveness other, afterwards. Or it's okay for me to sleep with my boyfriend or girlfriend because eventually we'll get married. Or things like there's, there's no, um, there's certainly such thing as hell, heaven, but no such thing as hell. And picking and choosing different parts of the Bible, particularly the Sermon on the Mount that we can agree to or not agree with and picking and choosing bits of the Bible that we can follow and and not follow. You see, the message of Jesus becomes watered down if we don't believe everything word for word that's in the Bible. And we're called to be salt of the earth, to be distinct, to flavour the world with the love of Jesus and also preserve the world as well. And it's not us as the salt that preserves the world, but it's God that preserves the world. It's the message that we have that Jesus saves and no one else. Um, I need another willing volunteer. Matt, you're a willing volunteer. Do you know how to light a campfire? Okay. Well, you're going to learn how to. Come on. Yeah, yeah. All right. I've got some kindling here for you. I want you to, to start a fire just with that. Rub the sticks together like they used to. Um, while he's doing that, uh, Daniel, do you want to come and have a competition with your brother? Oh. <laughs> Don't break the sticks. Oh. Man, you were supposed to rub them together. <laughs> okay, Daniel, can you tell me what this is? It's a torch. And what does it do? Don't shine it in people's eyes. Shine it to the roof. What does it do? No, on the end. It's a button. Creates light. Creates light. Okay. And can you tell me a little bit about that torch? I'm just. Black. It's black. Yep. <laughs> Creates light. It's a LED in the front of it. It's not working, Matt. Oh. So, so fire can give us light, can't it? Um, you've already turned it on, so we've already got light. So you've beaten Matt hands down for creating light. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. Daniel's better than you. All right. <laughs> Thanks. You can sit down. I'll take my sticks. Light is another thing that is distinct, isn't it? It's like nothing else in the world. And Jesus tells us that you don't turn a light on or you don't light a lamp and then immediately put a cover over it 
or a city on a hill cannot be hidden. And so the same thing, we didn't walk in here tonight expecting light to come from these light bulbs, turn them on and then turn them back off again. You understand what I'm saying? Jesus says that the light that we have, the salt and light that we have, we are to use and shine around us. But something else that really stuck out to me this week about this little bit of about light. I want to ask you that how long has it taken for the light to be put into us? And think back over your life. Think back about the influence of Jesus on your life, the influence of different people on your life. How long has it taken for that bit of light to be in your life? How long did it take for Jesus to enable that light to be put into your life? It took a walk from Jerusalem outside the city walls to a hill called Golgotha where he invested in your life by dying on the cross. He put energy and blood and sweat and tears into that light that he has placed in your life. And so he's saying that this light that I am giving you I realise that Jesus hasn't died here, but this this light that he was giving his disciples, they were going to see for fulfilment one day, and he was he was saying, "Don't disregard that light. Don't nullify that light by turning it on and then turning it back off again." At night time, I don't turn the light on to go to bed. I turn it off, don't I? Some of us might turn the light on, check for monsters under the bed, turn the light off and then leap to the bed to make it in time. Jesus is saying you don't just turn the light on and then turn it back off again. It's not what you expect about about light and it's not what God expects about the light that he's invested in our lives. What does it look like to be distinct? Our passage tonight comes just after the famous Beatitudes. Let's go to the start of the chapter from verse 2 of of chapter 5. The famous Beatitudes, it's called that because of the terms, um, statements, blessed is or blessed are. From verse 2, And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. 
Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. That's what it means to be distinct, folks. That's what it means to be distinct right there. It's being different to the world altogether. It's being different to what society expects or or how society expects you to respond. Society says, or the world says, be pushy, be bold, be loud, be rich, be happy. Go out and do what you want, regardless of whose toes or faces you trod on. Don't show mercy because that's weakness. Be ruthless, and so on. Society says that you have to be everything now, gain everything now for this life. And yet Jesus says you can endure all things. You can endure being poor in spirit, being sorrowful, being persecuted, being distinct, because it's not about gaining everything in this life. It's about eternity. Being distinct isn't easy. Being distinct isn't easy. It's easy to be distinct when you're here on a Sunday night or a Sunday morning or when you're surrounded with your Christian friends. But being distinct really means being distinct in the times when it's going to hurt, when it's going to be hard. When people are going to persecute you or look down on you or or just say, What are you talking about, you fool? It's being distinct when it's difficult for us to stand up for what God desires of us. The the last verse in our passage tonight, verse 16, it says, In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Being distinct isn't for our own benefit completely. It is for our spiritual growth. It is for our our courage and our boldness that we have in God. But being distinct means that you will other people around you will see your good works and glorify God. They will see how you are distinct and how you respond in different situations and they'll see the light and the salt that God has placed in your life. And again, being distinct doesn't mean you have to do it by yourself. As we read through those Beatitudes, did you notice all the the pluralistic kind of language, the plurals, those, um, the... The, the pure in heart, the, the kind of words that, that speak about not just one person, the kind of words that speak about a group of people, those who mourn, the meek, blessed are those who hunger and thirst. They're, they're plural words. They're not just individual words. And so it's saying that 
that we don't have to be salt and light by ourselves. It's not just one grain of salt in that, in that salt packet. And a city on a hill doesn't just contain one person. And so we don't have to be by ourselves when we are distinct. But it might come down to that. It might come down to, to being distinct at a time when we are by ourselves, but then coming back and being encouraged by the, the fellowship of believers. So looking back about what we've looked at in this passage tonight, we can see that being distinct means that we are different from the rest of the world, doesn't it? We've been called to a, to a higher calling, to a calling that, that makes us distinct from the world through the sacrifice of Jesus. And we need to maintain that distinctness. We need to maintain that distinctness by distinctness, by not allowing our message or the love of Jesus to, to be watered down in our lives both through our conduct and our, our knowledge of God. And again, it's not for our benefit that we are distinct. It's not easy that we might be distinct. But it's not for our benefit. It's for the benefit of those who see what we do and they glorify God. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for calling us to be distinct. Thank you for the way that you lit a fire in us, that you have given us light through, through the sacrifice of Jesus. And Lord, I, I just pray that you would help us to be distinct, to be Christians in a world where that is not necessarily um, looked looked upon favorably lord i pray that you would help us in the hard times as as we are distinct i pray that you would help us at places like work and school and in society in general where we stand up for your gospel for your message for the principles that you have laid down in scripture and lord may that not just only benefit us by the growth of our faith in you and trust in you, but would that really benefit others around us that don't know you? Lord, I pray that we can be distinct both in the, the easy times and the, and the hard times. I pray these things in your name. Amen.